welcome to the Clear Ads podcast, Highway to Sell. This week, you're listening to myself, Tom Wackhorn, and we're joined once again by one of our amazing account managers, Morgan Gillum. Hey, Morgan. This week, we're going to be talking about how to approach brand positioning and brand building. We're going to be doing that through the Amazon platform and discussing various advertising strategies and different approaches to do that. But I think, first of all, we need to talk about brand positioning and brand building. So the first question we should probably cover is what is brand building? I don't know if you want to jump in first there, Morgan, or if you want me to give a quick overview of that myself. Sure. So brand building is essentially the part which any advertiser is going to do, the marketing of your brand, and then jumping onto brand positioning as well. This is really what refers to the unique values which your brand stands for, presents the story which you want to tell the customer. So brand positioning and brand building really do play hand in hand quite a lot. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, building that brand awareness, isn't it? And promoting those products and trying to find that intended audience for the purpose of your product. Yeah. Think of it as a way to introduce your brand to your audience. Everyone's coming in completely fresh. No one's coming in as a known brand. They've all got to start somewhere. They've got to build it from scratch, from nothing. So you need to find your audience. You need to meet them where they are. And that's going to mean going through different channels. Obviously we're doing a podcast about Amazon advertising. We're an Amazon agency, so we can cover that channel. But also consider that your brand might be omni-channel, multi-channel, cross-channel. So you need to consider building your brand, not only through what we're going to talk about today, Amazon, but building that through your socials, through your own website, whether that's Shopify or actually your own website. So you need to let your audience know what your brand is, what you're selling, what your products do, what you represent how your products differ from others in the market. And that doesn't necessarily mean that yours are better or worse, but there's always different entry points, different price points, different quality points. Yeah. Appealing to different solutions that that product can solve or even yeah, different levels of, I guess, affluence. There's, there's usually a budget version, a normal version, a premium version, for example. So it's displaying that messaging of what your brand is what it wants to put out. And then the next keyword is positioning that in a way where, you know, your brand is a nice, fun, seamless experience for your customers. I think we do have loyalty to brands and there's a reason we have loyalty to brands because they make us feel good. There are certain things that I know that if I open a box of Nike trainers, I know what the box is going to look like. It's big, it's orange, it's got the tick on it, it's got that swoosh. I open it up, I see that nice Nike paper, potentially like a care guide and everything consistent across all of the products. Whereas I know that we've got a lot of sellers that are operating out of their house, spare bedroom, their garage on Amazon. And that's the power of Amazon. Like anyone can be a seller. But how often have we bought a product from Amazon and it's just come in that brown envelope? 
you open it up, there's no packaging, you've just got your product. Awesome, you've solved your problem, you've got your product, you got it next day, you probably got it for a bargain. But there's no association with the brand on that. So that's the sort of thing we want to talk today about building a brand. Yes, and to add to that as well, from an advertiser's perspective, brand building without brand positioning really is, you're just going to be going after the more broader term. So really getting those brand values on point, it's going to identify those niches, which you want to go after as well. Yeah. And why would you prefer your brand over another? That's your brand positioning. I think we've already touched on a few points there already. What value does your brand bring to that target market and their customer? So you need to identify what your brand positioning statement is. A lot of companies and businesses, organizations, charities, churches will come up with some sort of mission statement for their company brand, whatever we want to call it right now. And it's what do you want to do as a brand? And what do you want to serve? What do you want to deliver? So like, you need to think of, and this, this is internal. It doesn't necessarily need to be over everything, but if you're coming up with a great statement for your brand, it's obviously going to be something that you end up putting on, even on your Amazon listing, within your images, within your headline, within your bullet points, within your description, but hopefully also starting to be on your packaging, on your social messaging, on your website, on all of your social media, whether that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You want that to be seamless as well. And that's the other thing of building a brand. If you're going to be using unique messaging for, let's say your sponsor brand ads or your title or your bullet points, your images or your packaging, that needs to be the same fluid messaging that you're going to be seeing all your socials. If you've got a tagline, share that with all of your agencies, all of your different advertising departments and channels. Don't just let them be creative. Obviously give them some freedom to be creative. But if you have a really strong headline, really strong buzzwords, use those. May, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but maybe, yeah, you're a coffee brand, Sun Coffee. Maybe you want your tagline to be the world's most flavorsome coffee. Let's just come up with that. Yeah, that's something you need to have that be seamless across all of, all of your branding. For sure. And I think when it's important that when a customer is going through your brand and exploring your different products, they can sort of see a story being sewn together. You want that positioning, those values really to be stapled on every corner possible. It's essentially what's going to make you stand out from these competitors. That's it. And, and that's where the positioning comes in. What makes you stand out? What is the greatest benefit of your product? It, it could be something that all of the others, all of the other products on the market do have a benefit of as well. But maybe you've really honed in on that. Maybe you do that part better. Maybe all the other products are a jack of all trades. They tick every box. You can be a jack of all trades, but you focus in on one, one aspect of that product and you do it better than anyone else. Maybe we're talking about waterproofing. Maybe you're genuinely is 100% waterproof. Those raindrops just completely bounce off. It never gets wet. You never have to wipe it down. I would love that with my umbrella. Yes, it stops me getting wet, but then I a soaking wet umbrella. I'd love someone to sell me one where the water just bounces off. And also what's the impact of your product? Is it more than the product? Is it, let's say carbon neutral? Is it organic? Is it vegan? Is there a portion of the proceeds? Do they go to a charity or do they go to like benefit something like the environment or a local community? Does your product also turn into a service that way? And also needing to prove that as well. You can't just say, 
it's carbon neutral. You can't just say it's general. Try and follow up on that. Try and get back to your customers with the proof of the benefits, with the proof of that impact. Yeah, that's it really. I think one, one story I was hearing, which ties into this the other day was about a brand who had been brought up by one of these bigger aggregators. And when the brand was initially set up, you had a seller who was really enthusiastic about his values. Um, he was selling fitness equipment. So he'd quite often send his previous customers how to use the equipment of, and videos of him using it himself. Then when this aggregator brought the brand, it was more of an automated thing. These values really started to dwindle out. And one of the biggest things that I'm taking from that story really is how much customers take in these values and the little extra things, which make you stand out from competitors, especially if you're driving a premium, premium price attached to that. Yeah, definitely. And going back, this needs to be an internal thing. You need to understand what your brand positioning is internally. Where do you want to be in the market? And it's not just a case of price point. What are your values? What value are you bringing to that customer? Um, like Nike, they've got all of that branding and those sports links that they sponsor athletes. So you know that you're getting a product. You're just going to wear it to look good while you're walking through the mall on a Saturday morning or, or going out to meet your friends. But you know it's of durable quality. If an athlete can stand on a basketball court like Michael Jordan, He's probably the most famous athlete tagged to a pair of trainers is, yeah, you know, it's durable, you know, it's been endorsed, you know, it's got a reputation on the line, but he wouldn't be wearing a bad pair of trainers. He's a lifetime, lifelong influencer, basically. And you know, it's quality. You know that you can also buy a great range of Nike trainers. You don't have to go in at the high end of two, $300 trainers, they appeal to a certain section of people who want to buy those trainers, but they also do regular run of the mill, 30, $40. So it, it isn't just about picking one area, but it's catering to the customers that you do have and their needs and their desires. So we should probably move on to talk about how we can take advantage of brand building and brand positioning through ads. So brand building is probably going to be the first one we start with. So how, how do we start building a brand? How do we do that through a multi-channel strategy? And how do we do that? I guess, specifically on Amazon, you don't want to ignore the other strategies. And we've already talked about positioning and having synergy between those. So keep your messaging straight, but just to kick us off with building a brand through Amazon, it's not just a case of getting your auto campaigns, your keywords out there. You need to start coming up with some messaging and also focus on your product. First of all, get your branding on your product, get some unique packaging. Don't just run on it coming in a plastic bag or those cardboard tear away boxes that Amazon always delivered to our doorstep. That's always going to be on the outside. When that's opened up, you want a box or a package that shows off your brand already. You want that customer to feel excited as they're opening that box. Every layer they take off, you want them to feel like they're on a journey to approaching that product, not just tearing it away and bidding it. I've, I've still got packaging for products I use as storage for that product. Like it could just sit on a shelf on its own, but the packaging was so nice. I feel I'm with that brand. I've got brand loyalty to that. And actually building a brand is going to ensure that they come back again and again. And I think that's more important for those sellers that 
don't necessarily have a repeat purchase product. If I buy a repeat purchase product and it's good, I'm going to buy it again and again and again. But let's say people like Nike or things like Sony, you buy a pair of trainers, you probably don't need another one for a good, at least six months, maybe a year. If you're like me, who just has one pair of trainers <laughs> or a TV, which could last you years. But the power of brand loyalty to something like Nike or Sony is you build that brand, you've got that quality, you've got that brand positioning, and you know that when those customers are finished with that TV or that pair of trainers, they're going to come back and replace their old one with a new one from your brand, but also potentially buy different products from your brand range. I'm loyal to Sony. I'll buy everything Sony because I just know that it lasts forever and it's good quality. So when I'm looking for a new speaker system, I've got a Sony TV and that's the first place I'm going to look. It doesn't mean I'm going to be dead set on purchasing that product, but it's the first place I'm going because I know that I had such a good experience browsing that brand, opening that product, setting up that product. And there's a chance that if I buy other products from theirs, they're going to synergize and work well together. Um, yeah. I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that some private label sellers make. It's really, you want to be introducing your brand from the start to finish of that customer decision journey, quite similarly to the way you would with an ad, ad video or a video going through your product. You want to get that branding at the start and the end. So like Tom was saying that you create that environment of they're aware who their product is from. And let's just go with the, the hair products example. If I was to buy a shampoo and I really like this shampoo and I was like, I, I want to get hair gel and straight away, I'm drawn to the hair gel where my shampoo came from because that branding's in the forefront of my mind. And I know that that was good quality product and it worked for me. I'm very similar with my shower routine. I found a really good face scrubber. I can use that to clear away the dead skin and the oils in my face. But I also liked the brand because. They made sure the packaging was biodegradable and disposable because I'm environmentally conscious. That ticked a lot of boxes for me. And also importantly, the product itself worked. It did what it said on the tin. Probably a bad phrase because it doesn't come in a tin, but you know what I'm saying. But it meant when I was looking for like a shampoo or a shower gel or hand moisturizer, I didn't have to think too far because I already found a brand that ticked all of those environmentally conscious things that I wanted to do. So that was the brand's vision that they wanted to care for the environment and they hooked me in that way. Yes, there are other brands that do it, but because they ticked all those boxes for me, it meant I came back and I didn't have to start searching from scratch. I had moisturizer that ticked all of those boxes because I'd already found a brand that did it. Yes, it means my bathroom has got that same branding all the way through and probably make me look like a cult member for that brand, but it works and it ticks all those boxes. And other ways you can start building your brand. So it's it. One of the obvious things that sticks out is sponsored brand campaigns. So that's going to, that marketing funnel, get you as high up the funnel as you can with PPC. You're hitting that awareness phase. You're hitting that consideration phase. And you've got a lot more creativity with those, within those ads to tell your brand story. Like hopefully you've got a solid listing. Hopefully you've started to explore your brand story on that page through enhanced brand content, but through sponsored brands. You can customize your keywords based on what people are searching for, not just what your product is, but people are thinking for a solving problem. People searching for specific ingredients that might build up some of these health and beauty products or people searching for 
yeah. buzzwords they're conscious of. So they might be searching for organic or vegan. So that's all part of building your brand. Then you can show them an ad with a custom image, with a video, like Morgan was saying, has your branding all over it, but answers those questions. It doesn't just have to be about what your product does. It can be talking about your environmental focus or the charitable side of your business, or even just appealing to people who have some patriotism for their, their country. Like if you are an American brand and your product is American made, brag about that because people want to hear that. People take pride in where they come from. If it's a local brand or if it's made by a small family, small family, small owned business. Some people like to look for that. I, I know we're talking about advertising on a huge corporation platform with Amazon, but it is a home for small businesses. And some people like to buy from small businesses to support those up and comers and not just pump all their money into the Coca-Colas and the Starbucks and the Nikes of the world. So that's yeah. you know, to factor in as well. Yeah, and that, again, just ties back into the whole positioning. It's really identifying the niche you're going to go after. If I was somebody selling glassware with witty quotes on it as a gift, I wouldn't want to be then competing against another seller who's selling six, seven, eight glasses in a set that's designed to fill up someone's shelf. It's really just identifying and going after. And with that comes the keywords and the audiences on DSP and, and both PPC. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm going to show off some more examples of brand positioning. And this is actually taken from Amazon's website. So a great example they've shared is McDonald's. So they say McDonald's has set themselves apart by promoting to its customers the exceptional service and consistency among its food products across its many locations. So McDonald's are all over the world. I know if I walk into a McDonald's in a strange country or at midnight, that Big Mac is going to be the same. Yeah, there might be a little bit of variation, but I know that sauce is the same. I know the beef is the same and their dedication to delighting its customers through subliminal customer satisfaction and dedication to approving its operations is received with the way the brand positions itself. You know, it's of cheap, you know, it's affordable and you know that you're going to get pretty much the same thing wherever in the world you're going to get. I think McDonald's itself knows that they're not the healthiest, best burger in the world. But they're probably the most successful one because of their positioning. They're cheap, they're affordable, everyone can find them. They're on every street corner in every city around the world, and you're going to get consistency. And then moving down, one of their other examples is Doug. So they do personal care products. Their advertising and their marketing and their branding and their position is talking about like natural and real beauty of the men and the women that use those products. So it's about how people can embrace what they've already got through their authentic self, through using those products. So it's not about makeup and covering up their face with a new one. It's about how you can care for your skin and be yourself. Like all of their marketing is just very natural skin, men and women. And I guess it's this consistency across the boards, which really makes your brand and makes those values so unique to you. You have some of these smaller businesses. I know also we've been using Dove and McDonald's as an example, but I have a client who has a very strong warranty um, and customers quite often have a product for a year or so, have to use the warranty and, and be really, really help, uh, happy with the quality of customer service. And as a result of that, they've left a review. They've gone and brought four more products from the range. It's just really having this consistency and it can be reflected looking back at the past 
few months just alone worth of reviews. It's just a really prevalent theme. Yeah, definitely 100% agree with that. How else can we build our brand on Amazon? It's not just through those and strategies that are obvious on the campaign manager. Yes, we can do sponsored products. We can do sponsored brands. We can do sponsored display. I don't think we need to go through how to set those up and what their purpose is, but taking advantage of all of those, but also the more, I don't want to say obscure, but out of the box thinking methods of advertising that Amazon offers. So we can run through streaming TV. So getting your branding on OTT platforms through streaming TV that will go through your fire TV and your fire tablets on Amazon Prime Video, also through streaming audio, so Amazon Music. You can follow people around through their daily habits. They might even not be looking for your products, but if you can start building up a strong brand, you don't need a call to action on those ads. If you go to the cinema and you're watching before the trailers were filmed, there's always a Coca-Cola advert that comes up and their messaging still sticks with me. It's always, it's not too late to grab a Coke. You look at your watch and like the film's going to start in two minutes. You still run out and get one, but I don't know if that was just an advert to the drink sound at the, the cinema, just advertising their services. I don't think many people would jump up, but they know that Coke's good. They've got all of those huge close-ups of it rolling through the ice and then their own logo that comes up with all of their like red and white coloring. It just sticks out. You don't need a call to action there. You've just told them we send Coke. And it's the same as having ads on the side above public transport and billboards as you're driving down the highway or through the city. You can't do anything about that. You can't click on that. You can't save it for later. Maybe you could take a picture, but that's relying on that branding being so strong that when those people get home or walk into the store, that advert resonated with them so much, or at least was so memorable that it's on their mind that they have to go and look at that product again or buy it. I've done it multiple times, walking to the shops to just go and buy milk. Then a bus drives past. There's a big Coke advert on it. I didn't want to buy Coke. But I come out of that shop, hopefully with milk, because that's what I went for, but with bottles of Coke in my hand, because not even subliminal, it stuck with me. And I saw it and I was like, okay, cool product. I'm going to go buy it today. What a great idea. But it wasn't my idea. I was told to by the bus to drove fast. Um, but after a long journey to get to that point where you're such a huge brand. But you can even do... Advertising on the box of Amazon stuff now, this does require you to have a bit of money to be able to reach out to Amazon to get your products and your branding on those boxes. But I remember when one of the last Despicable Me or the Minion movies came out, a lot of the boxes I was getting come through the door from Amazon had that movie plastered all over it, just minions everywhere. Unfortunately for me, that one didn't work. I had no interest in watching that film. But I can imagine for families, okay, cool. I know what to do at the weekend now. Take the kids to see the new Minions movie. But that could be anything. It could be your latest pet food or your latest health and beauty product. So think outside the box and make sure that all lines up with what you're doing on your socials, through your other marketing channels as well. Got a question for you here, Morgan. How can we measure the success of our brand positioning and our brand building? on Amazon, what metrics can we focus on? And are there any tools or areas of the Amazon platform that we can go to, to check out our branding rather than looking at how successful our any costs and our campaigns are on the campaign page? 
Yeah, for sure. A lot of it's your organic placements. I mean, really just looking at the effects of which your ads have been having. Are you driving towards the niche, which you like? Are you organically appearing? The top is, and ultimately is your brand viewable where you want it to be viewed and quite a useful tool for this is the brand content section on Seller Central where you can really analyze the store visits, which you've been having. So if you have been driving things like TikTok ads or just Google ads and directing people towards that storefront or your product listings, it's really quite useful to analyze that traffic and know it, has it gone up, has it gone down and what caused this effect ultimately. Yeah. And then through that brand store page, like you mentioned, you can see if that traffic came from your socials. It's always going to say whether it was organic traffic, paid traffic, whether it was sponsored brands or like a newsletter or something, but you can start adding tags in there to say this traffic came from Facebook. This traffic came from my newsletter. This traffic came from one of my TikTok campaigns, for example. So you can start customizing that. So you know exactly where that unaccounted for external traffic came from. You're going to have to have some sort of attribution tags in, but it's definitely doable. What about brand analytics and brand metrics? Of course, brand analytics it is great. I've been using the search catalog report quite a lot recently. And where if I have updated a product image or a packaging or the branding on a listing, I'm really looking at things like our click-through rates, our conversion rates, and and measuring the whole process of the funnel from that first impression to the purchase. And especially if it's a repeat purchasable product, am I seeing no subscribing saves go up? Are we really getting that lifetime value? And there are tools out there such as Nozzle where you can really analyze the effect of the lifetime value of a customer, but that's a whole nother story. But with lifetime customers, really it's quite useful if you have a repeat purchasable customer to understand how likely that customer is to come back and if they're going to come back just for that second purchase or whether it's the first, because if that is the case, your cost per acquisition is going to be much less significant than it would be if you have a product that is just a one-time buy. Yeah. Shout out to Nozzle. Cheers to that on Morgan. They're an incredible tool. Like we said, it's about lifetime value. So you're going to be able to see how cost effective your advertising is in time. It might cost you a hundred percent of your ad spend, like hundred percent ACOS to get that customer. But if you've got great branding, you'll be able to see how that customer tracks over time. You might have had to bleed a lot of money to get those first purchases from your customer, but as time goes on, they're going to come back and the purchase in. And then that means that initial cost, maybe it costs you a hundred pounds to get that first customer. Yeah. Your product costs a hundred pounds, maybe even cost 10 pounds, but it costs you a hundred pounds to buy the first customer. If they're going to keep coming back and buying your product. You can chip away that profit and that cost off of that initial, you're buying customers at that initial point and you can work out that lifetime value. Also exactly. search query report and brand metrics and brand analytics, you're able to see how you fare against the other brands on Amazon. It's not going to specifically label them, but you'll be able to see what impression share you've got. So when people search for, um, skin cream, you'll be able to see how much of that share you've got against your competitors. Yes. Brand metrics, you'll be able to see how many people are searching for your brand and when people search for your brand, is it your products coming up or is it your competitor's products? Are they bidding on your search terms? I guess it's a good form of flattery if someone is bidding on your own branding because they know that you're good and they want to steal your customers away from you. We'll do it. I just love how granular you can go with the, these, the brand analytics and the search query because 
what what you can really do if you're trying to break into that niche which where you really want to be showing your brand positioning off you could start going after these longer tail keyword targeting campaigns where there aren't necessarily as much search volume to be going after but it's got a cheaper cpc because it's a longer keyword target and then once you've started to increase your brand share to that you can get these benchmarks in place and be like okay now i'm going to go after a bit more broader keywords still in that niche and then you can work your way up to the point where maybe you're going above and beyond that niche just by looking at things like the yeah your brand impression share and the market share which you currently hold yeah and as well as coming up with your own branding you need to, to differentiate and i think that's important like how many times have you scrolled through amazon after searching for a product and every image looks the same and then at that point you're not seeing any branding one example i remember was looking for a like a bamboo chopping board or a bamboo cutting board um, they were clearly bought from the same supplier and every stock image was the same. The only difference was there was a different wood branded logo in the corner of the chopping board. That's not enough to differentiate it. It's the same chopping board. So try and be more innovative with your images and no one wants to see the same product over and over again, because then it's going to be who's got the most reviews or who's got the cheapest price that's going to win. And that's got nothing to do with branding. Try and sell your brand, sell your story. If you're a luxury brand, show that in presentation books or a gift box, or if it comes within any spare parts or cleaning tools or accessories that would go with that product, showcase those in your image as well. Try and set yourself apart from the pack when people are doing that scroll. Like you have to think out of the box because there is only so many ways. Going back to my example, to photograph a chopping board, even if it's a case of having that at a completely different angle that everyone else does, maybe you're doing it left aligned rather than right aligned. Um, I've found recently putting the product in front of the packaging on a primary image actually works really effectively. One, because you've got your brand in there and you're straight away going to stand out with those different colors and your logo, but also you're selling as people or customers generally get most of the information through the images. So if you yeah. can get as much information onto those images as possible, one, it's going to make you stand out. And two, it's going to tell more of a story about your product. Yeah, 100% agree with that one. And yeah, the next thing I'm going to say goes against everything we've said already about building a brand and packaging. But even on your image, showing packaging that they're not going to receive is going some way to brand building. Maybe at the moment, maybe you're just a startup. Maybe you don't have the funds to afford to build proper packaging and manufacture proper packaging or even design it on your products. I remember scrolling through pages for aluminium tape or masking tape or packing tape. It's just a roll of tape. Every image was just a roll of silver tape. How is this any different? This is boring. Um, and then I started seeing a few pop up that were showing the tape in packaging. Like, you know what tape is showing it in the packaging. Yes, it obscures the majority of the product, but it's tape. It's always worked the same way. It's a cardboard roll with sticky stuff wrapped around it. And then you peel it off. So it's trying to make that stick out. So what we found was some sellers, they just made up packaging on the image. When you order the product and it comes through the door, there's no packaging on it, but it helps them stick out from the pack and from their competitors on those search results page. And it started building up some branding. So they'd got their colors on that packaging. They've got their logo on that packaging. You don't receive the packaging. Because one of the first things you do when you get that product is you take the packaging off and bid it. 
unless you've got some awesome box with all of the leaflets and instructions and different layers to that packaging that takes you on that journey. But it's a good start. Even if you don't have packaging and can't afford it, do a mock-up, even if it's a CGI image, or you just produce one cardboard wraparound for the benefit of you taking the picture on that product. And when I was scrolling through those chopping boards, that one of the first things that stuck out to me that helped me make that purchase was a simple cardboard wraparound on the chopping board, rather than just seeing a sea of brilliant boards, one of them had this green wraparound on it. It just stood out. And on that packaging, it t told me the benefits of it because you can't have text in your main image unless it's part of the product, unless it's part of the packaging. Even if that packaging doesn't exist, you can put that on the product and you can translate your, transfer your bullet points from onto your listing to that packaging. That, that was a really cool example that I saw. Have you got a top tip for us to take away today, Morgan, before we wrap up this episode? There's well, that's, that's a big one, but I do brand positioning is always going to come before brand building, get those values in place, understand what you're selling to your customers before you try and throw ad spend at it and get it out there. Just make sure those values are in place before you start building. And my top tip would be an evolution of yours there, Morgan, but don't get set in your ways. Listen to your customers, follow up with your customers chase down reviews, send them newsletters, check in with them to see how they get along with their product. Obviously you're going to have to do this through like socials, your websites, newsletters and things, but try and without sounding cheesy, but try and become their friend, <laughs> show an interest in them. And it's not just the case of, okay, they bought the product. Now I can kick them to the curb, follow up with them, see how they're getting on with the product. See if they're interested in another range, see if they want to give a review and listen to what your customers are saying, read your reviews. Are they craving for an evolution of your product? Are they wishing that it came with a different feature? Are they wishing that you did a more premium version or maybe a more budget version, a different bundle or something, or maybe a care product for your main product? So something to look after or a carry case or a presentation case. Listen to what they're saying and evolve your own brand positioning with your customers. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Morgan. Yeah. And everyone who's been listening, we really hope that you found some useful information within today's podcast. I'm sure we'll revisit this topic again, because I think we could talk for hours on this, but uh, we produce a new episode every two weeks. So remember to pop a reminder in your calendar, but more importantly, subscribe to this channel so that you never miss an episode in the future. We are always here to help your business grow through your presence on Amazon. If you don't have to time to focus on Amazon advertising like we do, then feel free to reach out to us and have a chat and we can see if we can take on your advertising for you. You'll find more information about what we do offer at clearadsagency.com. So please don't hesitate to book a call today. So goodbye from me and Morgan, and we will look forward to speaking with you about Amazon advertising in two weeks time. Bye.